beautiful Thursday morning and uh, we're in Perak Yod. Simen Ches. Ches. Now Ches we see goes mamish um, hand in hand with Zion and it's really the second half of what we saw in Zion. Again, continuing about uh, the Russia versus the Tzaddik, the Baal Taiva, the person who has lived his entire life with the Yetzirah, his best buddy. What that happens, what happens as a result, what happens as a result, what happens with this guy at the end of, at the end of his days? After 120, when it's time for the Malachamavas to come and collect his soul for this person to expire, when it's time for him to go to the great beyond. What happens and what does that look like? So we were talking about like the first half of that. Yes, the first half was what happens for, to that fellow up until 120. Up until 120, he lives with his conviction that the Yetzirah is his best friend. And the Yetzirah is always selling him goods and selling him wares and selling him things that are great for him and good for him, geschmack and gewaltig for him. And he takes a hook, line, and sinker. He's is, is duped by the Yetzirah, tricked by the Yetzirah, connived by the Yetzirah to think that the Yetzirah is indeed taking care of him. And the reason prison has that conviction, we explained yesterday, is because he's so close to his body, such a person of the body, a person of the guf, and the, and the body gets soothed. The body gets comforted by all the comforts of the Yetzirah. So he really does believe the Yetzirah is taking care of him because that's where he lives. He lives in his body. He, he's someone who, who that's, that's, his, that's his hangout, that's his turf, his home turf is his body. He's in for a nasty surprise after 120 when the Yitzhahara betrays him. Betrays him, says, all that work that you put in uh, into the body is actually going to come back to boomerang against you now. Um, now it's time to collect that body. And, and uh, the person initially will feel that sensation of the Yitzhahara's back. This is going to be good for me. This is going to be gishmak for me. And it quickly becomes the sensation of utter betrayal in which a person says to himself, answer the Yitzhar, I thought you were my best friend. I thought you were taking care of me. He realizes that he'd been fooled. He'd been fooled, he'd been duped. And that's why we call this person a fool. The Baal Taiva is also called a fool because he is fooled into believing that the Yitzhar has his best interests in mind. Now we continue to Ches. Ches tells us what the expiration process is going to look like as a result. Says the guy, Harishayim afilu b'shaz misasan makshin arpa the wicked, the Rasha, who is the person that we were talking about yesterday, the Baal Taiva, the person who lived his life for this life, for this, this, this shallow life. So when it comes time for him to go, when it comes time for the Malach HaMavis to collect his soul, he puts up a big fight. He puts up a big, big fuss. He, he digs his heels in, says the guy. And he's, he's stubborn. He, he, he makes a ruckus. He says, I'm not ready to go. I don't want to go. They not only, they don't put up a fight. They don't make a, a fuss. They don't make a ruckus. But they, they, they help the Malacham of us out. They extend their neck. They expose their neck, right? Like Yitzchak Avinu by the Akedo, who helped Avram, his father. He said, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, tie me up so I can not get in the way. I want to help you with the Shechita process over here. The Tzaddik, when it's time for the Malach HaMavis to come collect his Neshama, when it's time for him to go, he not only he doesn't fight, not only he doesn't put up his afaz, he assists the Malach HaMavis in collecting his soul. He puts out his neck like a pigeon says a pigeon when it's time to shech the pigeon the pigeon doesn't doesn't uh, get frightened the pigeon doesn't try to um, fly away doesn't try to resist the pigeon sticks out its neck to help you with the shechita period okay what's going on over here what does it mean the, 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 when was the last time any of us were well 
you never want to be there when a person's, you know, unfortunately passing from this world. But it happens. And when was the last time, you know, anyone saw a anyone, Rush or anyone else, actually getting into a wrestling match with a Malchamavis. What's the guy talking about? The guy says that the Rush, when it's time for him to go, he resists, he fights, he puts up a ruckus, he makes a stink. He doesn't, he doesn't give in easily. What's he referring to? What's he describing? Like, where would you see this? I mean, doesn't everyone fight for, 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 for survival? There's something called the survival instinct. You know, um, <clears throat> everyone is going to want to fight for their survival, a rush or tzaddik, and we would think maybe a tzaddik even more so wants to fight for his survival. If a tzaddik is Rahmanul Islam in a hospital in a compromised state and he's got to put up a fight to, to survive, a fight to live, you would think the tzaddik would fight even more because he values what life is all about. He's doing good things with his life, right? The rush who maybe doesn't have much to live for, maybe would, would not even fight as much. Yet the guy is telling us when it's time for the rush to go, he, he wrestles and he grapples and he fights with the, with the, with the, with the malacham of his. A, where do we see this? What's the guide referring to? What's the guide referring to? This, 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 this fight, this ruckus, this, this um, fuss that he makes. And B, what does he mean that the tzaddik um, happily, cooperatively does go? Doesn't say v'chai I mean, a person is supposed to try to prolong his life as much as possible. A person is supposed to try to fight to live. A person is supposed to try to give it his all and try to extend his life as much as possible. And shrekel chashaylas can sometimes come up, you know, when people uh, are their life is being artificially extended, artificially prolonged. We know that the the correct outlook, the outlook of the Torah, is always we try to prolong life as much as possible, even if it's a life of suffering, a life that's you know a compromised life, a life that's not. Uh, we'd say this guy, what kind of life does this guy have already? This is an argument that people have that are you know disenfranchised, distanced. And, and, and devoid of the correct outlook, of, of the Teradika outlook, is, oh, why, why put him out of his suffering, put him out of his misery, what kind of life is this already anyway? The guy, we don't see any brain activity, he's hooked up to all this machinery, just, just shut it all off and put him out of his misery. So we, we all know that the outlook of the Torah is vastly, you know, vastly different and, 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 and couldn't be any further from that. All life is precious, every second of life over here is precious. Chaye Shah, Yof Shah Achaz, Bailam Hazab, Every second of life over here is precious and worth fighting for. We would think the tzaddik also gets that. The tzaddik also knows that. So what does the guy mean when he says that the tzaddik puts out his neck when it's time to go? He doesn't fight, he doesn't resist, whereas the Russia resists. The two questions are, A, where do we see this? And B, what, why, why, why is it indeed that the tzaddik is not resisting? Doesn't the tzaddik also value life? So what's going on is like this. Again, this is the second half of the Hashlamas of the Ramta we saw yesterday. We're not talking about anything that you can see. You're not going to see this. You're not going to be in that hospital room when the guy's on his way out. You could be at the bedside of a Russia Merusha, of a serial Russia, of the biggest Russia that ever existed, and you're not going to see him fighting with the, the Malachamavas. You're not going to see it. Even though the guy say, the guy, Vilna Gun is telling us he's going to fight with the angel of death, you're not going to see it happening, even if you're right at his side. You're not going to see it. Um, a... And what about, so, so what is he referring to? What is he referring to? And why is it that the tzaddik doesn't resist? Why is it that the tzaddik submits and, and goes, um, goes um, with the cooperation? The Territz is, we're not referring to any struggles of 
self-preservation in this world. We're not referring to anything that has to do with applying the survival instinct and a person struggling to maintain his existence over here. We're not referring to that at all. That's not what the gun is talking about. And therefore, that's why you're not going to see it in the hospital room. What you see in the hospital room is when the guy is still able to fight for life down here, able to maintain his existence. And, and the tzaddik also is expected to fight. The tzaddik will fight. The tzaddik will, will struggle to be here as long as possible because the tzaddik, more than anyone else, definitely gets this idea of he definitely gets that. And that's what you see. A person is fighting for life. He's a real fighter. That's what we see, and that's what we're aware of, and that's where the tzaddik is going to fight. That's not what the guy is talking about. The guy is talking about after that. When it is finally time to go. When, when it has been decreed in Shemayim that this person's um, last card has been played, when the ticket has been punched, when it is time for him to go after the final fight, after the, the, the last round of his life in this world has come to its end, the bell has rang, and that's it. There's no more extensions. That's what we're talking about. Now it's time for the person to leave this world, leave this existence, and move on to the next, next stage of existence, which is the spiritual one, which is where he's going to be summoned to his tribunal, where he's going to go up to the Eilam HaNashem's Gan Eden, Eilam Haba, go down to Gehenim in Purgatory, or do a little bit of both. That's what we're talking about. So this comes after that. You don't see this in the hospital room. You don't see this moment anymore. This moment comes afterwards when, when the Nasham is being surrendered and when the person is passing away. At that point, and that's when the Malachim is, is collecting the Neshama, that's when there's a dichotomy and a difference between the Tzaddik and the Rasha. This is where the Rasha is fighting and resisting, and where the Tzaddik is submitting and not resisting. What does it mean that the Rasha is fighting and resisting? So it means, we spoke this idea very briefly yesterday towards the end, and this is where it's now being mentioned properly inside the Gain. It means that it's a difficult, painful process. It's difficult for the Rasha. It's a very difficult process. The process of death, the process of expiration, the process of, of leaving this world and moving on to the next stage of existence for the Rasha is a very difficult one. And that's what it means that he's fighting with the Malachamavis. It's a difficult process for him. It's a difficult process for the Malachamavis. It's not easy for his life to be ended. It's not easy for him to, to, to submit. Why is it not easy? Because of what the process is all about and because of who he is, what he did with himself over the course of his lifetime. Is again, so let, let's, let, let, let's mention the, the basics. The Petira... Is that connected to the idea that the... Uh, Kirit Tzadikim and Metamon because the Nisham... The what, what, what? Kirit Tzadikim and Metamon because the Nisham is in Gansan went out, but like for, for the non-Tzadikim there's still remnants of... Yes, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's all connected, yes. Um, the Misa is about the dissolution of the, the, the guf and the neshama, the body and the soul. Breaking the bond between the body and the soul. And as we mentioned, there's two ways of doing that. You can take the soul from the body, you can take the body from the soul. Death can be a process of taking the soul from the body or the body from the soul, but it has to be, that bond has to be broken. Which way does it work? Are you taking the neshama from the guf? Are you taking the guf from the neshama? It depends where this person was really hanging out. It depends where he was living. If he was living in his neshama, that's really who he was, that's the tzaddik. So the, the neshama is barely connected to that guf. This guf is a guf that barely had any hold 
on the neshama because of the elevation the neshama provided that goof. This goof is not a goof that drags the neshama down. That's what a tzaddik after 120 has made his body to a body that's been so elevated that that body was 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 a threadbare body, was an insubstantial body, was barely a a a a. Um, a uh, physical organism it was much more spiritual than physical and it's therefore a process for the tzaddik of the soul leaving the part of the body and there's barely anything that's keeping the soul connected to the body and when it's time for that final severance to happen the soul gr- gladly and 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 um, with ease makes that move of Departing the body, the body is not trying to 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 to, to hold the neshama back because it's not a body that does hold the neshama back. The neshama is taken from the body. That's a very easy, very painless, and very swift process, and it's a process that the person himself is interested in. Yes, I'm, I'm so I'm, I've been waiting for this for you know, I'm, I, I made myself a person of the soul, a man of the spirit, and I'm, I've been waiting for this for 120 years for the neshama to go to where it's supposed to go. And it comes with that resistance, it comes with that pain, and it comes with that difficulty, it comes with full-fledged cooperation. That's what it means that the tzaddik puts out his neck. He, this is what he wants, this is what he's been waiting for. This is what he's been waiting for. As long as he's still alive, he's going to fight for life so he can cre- increase his neshama even more. He can make his neshama even more powerful. But what is time, when his card has been played, when his ticket's been punched, that's it. He has, he has no qualms about it, no issues with it. He sticks out his neck because he's, this, he's, this, he's a man of the neshama, he's waiting for this neshama to ascend. Whereas the Russia, he has made himself a man of the body, a man of the guf. And the neshama has been trapped in this body this entire time, but he's someone who lives in the guf and not in the neshama. In order to, 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 to uh, facilitate his patir, for his death to happen, we have to separate the neshama from the guf. That's a very painful process, extremely painful process. The, 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 the body... Is, has its, is, its teeth sunk into that neshama. The neshama has been trapped in the body. And we have to, to take the body away from the soul for the soul to be able to move on. And that's an extremely painful process because he is a body. He made himself into a body. And death is about that physical part of him um, losing its life, being taken away from the soul. You have to really... Um, loosen the grip of the physical on the spiritual to create that death, to, to sever the bond between the physical and the spiritual because he's made himself such a being of the physicality, such a person of the body, a person of the guf. That's a very difficult process, a very painful process and that's what the guy means that this person puts up a fight, makes a ruckus. It's not that like he's trying to, you know, challenging the Malachamavas to a duel, challenging the Malachamavas to a to an arm wrestle. Like, you know, if you win, I, then I'm going to come with you. If I win, then I go back to life. That's not what the guy means. He's not saying these silly things. But the, the, this idea of the struggle and the fuss and the ruckus is that it's just a very messy process. It's a very um, difficult process, and, and, and it's a process that comes with a lot of natural resistance because this person made himself into a body, and I have to break that body's bond over the soul, which is not an easy thing to do, that, that's, but that's where the person has to be addressed. That's where you have to put in your effort, the malcham of us, in order to sever that bond between the body and the soul. Um, it comes with a lot more difficulty, a lot more pain, a lot more resistance, because this person, you're trying to take a physical person out of this physical world, out of the physical world, he really doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that. He's not built to do that. He hasn't trained himself to do that. It's going to come with a lot more resistance. And this is why um, that will be described as a fight, as a fight. And this is why the tzaddik's petir is described as 
a, a very willing submission because it's, it comes with ease, it comes without resistance, it comes with interest. This is why we mentioned yesterday, Chazal talk about the Mises and the Sheik of a tzaddik of like plucking a hair from liquid, plucking a hair out of milk. Um, there's nothing that's, that's, that, that's holding it back. The tzaddik has been has been working his entire life to get to this point where the neshama will be able to rise up. He lives in this neshama. He is his neshama. And he willingly submits. And there's no resistance from the neshama either because the guf has been purified the part that the guf is barely holding on to the neshama. And as was correctly mentioned, this is the, the idea behind the kivri tzadik evena matamim. The guf of a tzadik has been so purified. That's why it doesn't grab onto the neshama, and that, that's why there is a concept out there that there's no tumma. Although in practice, we don't really we don't really go with that. In practice, kaihanim kaihanim don't go into maras hamachpel. Kaihanim don't go into kever rochel. Kaihanim do avoid kavarim, no matter what the tour guides tell you. Kaihanim do stay away. But there's a concept of, of uh, like the, you know, they've exhumed tzaddikim, and they have, this, 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 uh, you know, there are testimonies, people that have exhumed the bodies of tzaddikim and found that they have not putrefied, they have not decayed, and the, that's the same idea. Uh, decay is only a process of the a physical body having a physical breakdown. Um, uh, the body of a tzaddik, which is much more spiritual than physical, doesn't have to experience that rotten decay. Um, it doesn't have to revert back to its source because it's not what its source was. Okay, anyway, very good. So that's, that is hey. We will stop over here. And Amir Sashem continue tomorrow. I'm sorry, that was Ches. Ches, not hey. We will continue tomorrow with. So why